know, I can find this episode. And I remember you saying that when you think of beer, you think of a Flanders Red. Like that flavor. Who thinks of Flanders? I don't think I do. Yeah, that's beer. what I'm saying. I agree. I, don't, I, I think was, I, was I think of when I, when I think of my favorite. I was I do, thrown but by I don't think it. that's no. I would never say that that's like the flavor. I'm going to find the episode. Go ahead, dig through the archives. Yeah, I'll have to. <laughs> do we have archives? Oh, <laughs> they're probably on podcast. Just platforms. iTunes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's our iTunes. Our archive. yeah. archival service. I'm good at tech. I know these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, Maddie. Hi, Larry. What's up, Rich Higgins? Hey, what's going what's on? up, Maddie? No, no, Smith? No, no. Right, well, hey, everyone, welcome to Liquid Bread. <laughs> Liquid, Liquid He's Bread. So surly. We're doing Liquid Bread. What are you well, guys doing here? Larry's accusations of me saying that I know you represents said this beer. Before. I would never say it represents beer. got it beer. in his head. I like no, it. you said because we had this. I remember we had this conversation, and I remember saying that, I like. I feel like that must have said about a Pilsner. I or said, on I, the I pond. remember thinking saying Pilsner, and like you were like. Flanders Red is what you think of when you think of beer. That's what you think I don't of beer. Think that's how I would have. Put, I feel like it must have been more to different. Like, because it's again, it's my favorite. Right, listen, I, have, I love it. Maybe, I've been wrong before. Maybe it just gets him out of having to describe it. He can just say, "Oh, Flanders Red. It just tastes like beer." Have you ever had beer? That's what a Flanders Red is. That is the most misleading. I just thing remember you say about thinking Flanders that's amazing <laughs> and wanting to go get a Flanders Red and be like, "Now I'm in Maddie's brain." Maddie's oh brain. man, I just you know got so hot mowing the lawn, just <laughs> really. <laughs> The, got a baseball game. Crack on open a can of <laughs> Flanders <laughs> Red. That's a good fucking beer. Mm-hmm. It's very good. What are you We're drinking? Trying. A Flanders Red from yeah. Pure Project. It's a Pure Project. <laughs> they say Rose Red, but it's spelled R-O-E-S, and I feel like, isn't that Ruse? If you're pronouncing it if in, you're Flemish, in Flemish and Dutch, yeah, it's Ruse, but that's not what they're trying to do. But they're a making Flanders, a pun in English. I guess so. So Ruse Alara is the town where Rodenbach okay. is based. Yeah. So, But it is a Flanders Red. Rodenbach is. Is this a true Flanders Red? Well, it's not from Flanders, but it's a damn good beer. I, I know, really but it's it. made in that. It's made in that. It's like lining up behind. Yes, it. it's working for me. I'm getting a little hint of vinegar. We did this with uh, that cascade, that song, song yeah, royale, song or, or song rouge. rouge sorry. Yeah, yeah. Vinegar. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. a lot of vinegar. Just a little, little, little hint. I love vinegar though. It's low on nail polish remover though. It's not too solventy. Oh, but I'm getting lots of almond, uh, almond extract, and um, a little Dr Pepper, maybe. Yeah, some, well, yeah, that's the almond extract. Oh, okay. Dr Pepper's primary two flavors are vanilla and almond extract. Oh, that's that's great. I know that. That's good beer. He likes it. You know what it tastes like? Hey, Mikey. It tastes like beer. Oh, it's that's just what beer. I think of when I think of beer. Me and my my uncle used to slip me a sip of beer, and it was a Flanders Red. And anyway, welcome to Liquid Bread, everybody. We're doing Liquid Bread again. Your uncle. <laughs> Mon uncle. Your uncle. <laughs> Your uncle. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Maddie Smith, as always, uh, is with me my buddy, Larry Bates. What it do? And my other buddy, <laughs> my other buddy, Master Cicerone, and the Swami of Swiggin, Rich Higgins. Hi, I'm the Swami of Swiggin, Yay. Rich Higgins. The Swami of Swiggin, Rich Higgins. That rhymed. Did it you rhymes. do that on purpose? Yeah. I can dig sure. it. I can dig it. Do you guys it. know what McSwiggins Mc is? No, what is McSwiggins? I don't remember, but my sister and I used to have this joke as little kids. Maybe there was a restaurant near us called McSwiggins or something? McSwiggins doesn't resonate with you? you don't no, know I've never heard of McSwiggins. I don't know what that is, yeah. Yeah, might have been a local Yeah, restaurant. or something Meg just made up. <laughs> I don't know. That's my sister. <laughs> um, Good story, Rich. Hey, if anyone out there knows what McSwiggins yeah, we're just is, burning Oh, before we get started, we'll get to our subject. We're talking about saisons today. Before then, there's a headline today. Paralyzed man communicates first words in months using brain implant. Quote, I want a beer. Oh, you bet he does. That's what he said. In, in, in March 2017, apparently, a 34-year-old man suffering from ALS, you know, mm. the progressive neurodegenerative disease, Sad, yeah. it's not good. Oh, uh, he had two square electrode arrays surgically implanted into his brain to facilitate communication, composing sentences at a rate of one character per minute. His first words were, I want a beer. 
Also, apparently, he requested for the band Tool to be played loudly, mm-hmm. a head massage from his mother, and he ordered curry with potato, then bolognese with potato soup. Oh, man. Mm. I like all, this guy. I know. He seems to go... Also, to cap it all off, he also was able to interact with his four-year-old son and wife, and he generated the message, I mm. love my cool son. Oh, uh, that's great. But Guys, before the sun was... Bring on the tears here. I know. That's great. Good. But before the sun was the beer. Yeah, I was going to say... The I, beer, I, tool, yeah, curry, I, This sun. is really great. I like... If he's doing one character a minute, if you're... It's like playing... Oh, yeah. Hangman or something. No, not Hangman. Like, uh, uh, I guess just like reading... Will of Fortune? Like Will of well, Fortune? I, or, yeah, or Wordle? Or Wordle? Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, assuming letters came out in order, it's like, you know, I, W-A-N-T, B-E, like, is it going Beef? Does he want bees? Oh, I see. You wonder where it's going. Does he want beans? Was Does he, he gonna, want bees? He was going to swear, but he uh, censored himself. It was going to be beep. Respect. But it, it ended up being E-E-R, which I dig. I can dig it. It also was actually uh, helpful for science. As Dr. Jonas Zimmerman said, this study answers a long-standing question about whether people with complete locked-in syndrome who have lost all voluntary muscle control, including movement of the eyes or mouth, also lose the ability of their brain to generate commands for communication. You know, it's like uh, a hello world. Do you uh, think the beer that he wanted was a Flanders Red? I want a beer. (laughs) Do you think the beer he wanted was a Flanders Red? I mean, he said just beer, so I can only assume that he wanted the the proto-beer. He said, I want a beer. What beer was he thinking? Was he thinking... A pilsner? Who knows how long a German this, pilsner? A Czech pilsner? Who knows pilsner? how long this man's been waiting to ask for a beer? Was he thinking a porter? Flanders red. Larry, was he thinking a, a Flanders red? He can't have been thinking of anything other than Flanders red. He just said beer. That's so therefore, that's like if Rich is in that situation, it's like just they're waiting all night to hear what <laughs> exactly. I would just come up with the shortest style <laughs> name. <laughs> IPA. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> IPA. Um, anyway, that was great. Uh, let's get to the raison for the saison. <laughs> Saisons. The origin of the style, Saison, French for season, can be traced to farmhouse breweries located primarily in the French-speaking area of Belgium known as Wallonia, specifically the province of, and Rich, let me know, Haino? Eno. Eno. Pretty good. Pretty good. According to legend, these brews were the drink of the saisonniers, the migrant workers who came to help with the harvest. This is according to the Oxford Companion to Beer. There were three practical goals in brewing saisons. When is this? What? When is this? This is many, many centuries ago. <laughs> Before artificial refrigeration is the only dating that I have for. <laughs> yeah. so, I, feel, I feel we need a historical uh, context here. Yeah, this is... Old-timey farmers. I That's need, all you I need, need to know. I need to, I, need to, I need to cut in here for a second. What? And, and guys, uh, listeners, I need you to forgive me. I need you to forgive me. But this is a special day because we're all together. Oh, we are. We're in the same room. I can reach out and touch Matt Smith, Maddie Smith. Well, that's not new. And I can reach out and touch Richard Higg, Rich Higgins. Mick Swiggins. Mick Swiggins. <laughs> see, what you don't see is when he said, I can reach out and touch Rich Higgins, he actually couldn't because he's on opposite he's ends of the, the table. table. But I'm saying, it's we're a, in the same place. Table. We've been drinking all week. Mm-hmm. I just need you to know, the liquid bread is in the Rich same is in LA, spot. Everybody. We're getting yeah. the band back together. We're we're the band. No, not back together for the first time. First time rehearsal, right? Yeah. We're all together. I just need to say that. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your... No, that's actually a good thing to bring your, up. Um, that's great. Your no, uh, great. dissertation. They'll just, all they need to know is old-timey farmers made it. Wow, Maddie's are just moving on. He doesn't care about the sentimentality. No, it's great. It's great to have Rich here. Rich, what's it like being in here in the room with us? Well, I thought it was great. Uh, Mary, uh, Mary, Mary, Larry made me feel... You can call me Mary, <laughs> goddammit. I'm drinking this Flanders Larry bread. made me feel uh, very welcome, but Maddie, you've just moved on. I, I don't feel that special anymore. Yeah, well, take a hint. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm no, no Flanders It is red. wonderful having Rich here. 
It is great knowing that his voice is going to come through in beautiful, clear... We are together. We're together. And we've drank some beers we've at some breweries, beers. and we're going out after this, too. Oh, we've been a few, yeah. We're on it. Yeah. Liquid bread is going to take L.A. down. We're crushing it. Do I get back to Saison's? Yeah, get back to Saison's. I just had to say that. You were just going on like it was a normal liquid bread, happy beering. Happy and beering. like we're in the same we're in the same location. It's very exciting. We're actually really like, close. Like how can you talk about Saison's like it's a farmhouse ale and whoop No, motherfucker, Rich is right to your left. I'm to your right. That's why you're here. I know. I'm just saying. That's why you're here to bring this information. We're right next to Larry's little man cave yeah. office beer nook. We are. Thing. We're right next to yeah. It's a cool lovely nook. It's, it's lovely. Thank I you. I can't stand up in that nook. It's no, a little short for me. But you're too it's, tall. But I can. It's beautiful. Great nook. So, Saisons. Now, the Saisonniers, they had, according to the Oxford Companion to Beer, they had three practical goals in brewing Saisons. To refresh the seasonal workers in summer. To make work for the full-time farmers during the winter, known as the unemployed period for farmers, and to produce spent grain, which served as quality feed for the livestock in the winter. It says that I haven't heard that one. That's, That's what they said. Yeah, can get some get some grain going. But the grain's there already. They just chose to. It needs to get they, spent. They were gonna. They would have to keep their animals alive, so they'd either have to feed them straight good grain, or they could use the grain first to make it for make beer out of it and then give the grain to the animals i don't know you know if there's something something to a spent they're get, grain they're getting a twofer no there's nothing <laughs> i guarantee you. that the, the cows like the taste of a good spent grain yeah it's it's missing what it has is boil that grain some of the protein and all the polyphenols in the husk and it's mm. missing all the the starch and good yeah, stuff boil so. out the flavor yeah that's how this cows <laughs> well, like goes into grain. the beer yeah they're hey, just stealing the good stuff for the that's humans. what oxford says hey thank you oxford <laughs> thank you garrett oliver originally very seasonal is brewed in winter to be drunk in summer keep in mind like we said artificial refrigeration didn't exist yet obviously that pops up all the time as a major influence in the development of a lot of beers i personally would argue that the seasonality of the beer is its greatest strength which maybe seems very basic because it's in the name I'm like uh, waxing poetic here hey, you know, I've, been, I've been thinking about saisons everyone's missed your uh, different I, posture since you've taken yeah. on this character uh-huh. of uh, Look, Someone's I, pleading with the pleading with the jury. I just feel like this is a beer where when you kind of know what goes into it, it helps you appreciate how fresh and local ingredients can be incorporated. And also, also more importantly, how you can kind of know what to expect from it. Especially at American breweries, you can get a lot of different tastes from it. Yeah. You can get a lot of varying flavors. Yeah, but you're I think disproving are, your point, right? So No, no, no. But, but it's saying but there are certain I'm, consistent I, aspects of it. Yeah. But you're saying so so because you know what goes into it, you know what it's going to taste like? No, it's more for people confused as to why it can taste so different but still be a saison. Like because I know the general approach to how they're made, I know I can expect it to not always taste the same, but there's going to be some consistencies. I'm like avoiding what it Ch- tastes like, but like chipping away at your I expect theory. like a very dry beer is the main okay. part of it. And so I they can, don't add water? No, it's wet. It's just dry. The taste is dry. What makes it dry? Like dry is like not sweet? Yeah, but um, how does that happen? What do you mean? What ingredients are in it that make it dry? Like the yeast? I'm being a jerk here. Uh, he's reading. What? That's not a no. prompt. Are you reading? <laughs> don't go, oh, yeah. don't, don't go no, back. No, it's not even notes. on here. <laughs> what? He's playing it cool. Are you glad I'm here? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing you on this because I, I don't think Cezanne is <clears throat> a beer that necessarily tastes just like its ingredients. No. Because it's Belgian, That's not what it I'm has a lot of it's character the, from the yeast. The yeast. I was yeah. going to say, it's the yeast. It's but the, the yeast. yeast doesn't taste like yeast. I mean, the flavors that we're going for are flavors that are produced during the fermentation by the yeast but i think it comes through in the, that's why they get it's like almost in the type of flavor that you're gonna get out of it because i think even if you're getting like a sour like a very like cause sometimes we get a, a rust like a saison and it almost tastes like sour yep definitely. like that a sour happen. 
mm-hmm. but it still has a little bit of that like underlying dryness. Yeah. Kind of flavor These beers to should it. always be low in sweetness. Yeah. That's what you mean by dry, right? Yeah. So they should be refreshing because sweet sugar is not particularly refreshing. So the yeah. drier it is, the crisper it is. And- I think it's kind of just looking at it like helps to like what, what is consistent across those flavors, mm-hmm. even though there are different varying interpretations of a season, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, so Cezanne is known for being actually having quite a quite a wide range of of flavor, but typically the the thing that underpins it is that it is dry. It's well fermented. It's well attenuated. If you're a you know a, a home brewer or a brewer out there, you know what attenuation is. It's the consumption of sugars by the yeast, and so the more attenuation there is, the less sugar there is left over in the beer after the fermentation. So you have a dry beer, and that makes it for very to Sorry, that makes it very refreshing, typically. And so it's a beer that refreshes you on a hot day while you're laboring. You know, <laughs> I don't mean, you know, giving, you know, having a baby. I'm talking about out in the, the fields, uh, you know, farming. But if you had a baby, that's the time when you want to be. <laughs> I'm sure you want to be here then, too. So I'm only being a stickler on this just because, Maddie, I think you're casting Cezanne as a beer that is sort of you know, proscribed by its ingredients, which okay. are malt and hops. But, you know, there's a huge variety of different malts out there, a huge variety of different hops that can go in any beer. But Saison's mm. are typically pale in color, so they don't typically have, you know, toasty or caramelly or roasty malts. But the hops really vary a lot. And I think the primary flavors that you can expect in that beer are lemon and pepper. And those mm-hmm. are not from ingredients that are added. They're typically from the yeast that mm. produces them during fermentation. Okay. So it is from a no, typically in Belgium. I think, you know, this style of beer has been brewed by on farms all over Europe for, you know, for centuries, but it's sort of coalesced into a commercial style in southern Belgium and uh, I should say farmhouse style, but eventually it's been commercialized and sold to the public using a very small subset of yeasts that are typically known for being lemony and peppery. So, um, is that why it's so versatile? Because you know, when I think of when I think of saison, I think that it's a very versatile beer to drink with, like as far as pairing. Is so it's versatile as a food pairing. Yeah, as a food pairing. But I'm saying, like, is it because it's the the lemon and pepper notes that, like, because I mean, because lemon and pepper can go on damn near anything. Are they good with chocolate? Yeah, I'm not talking about chocolate. You know, what I'm talking. About? I'm not. This this is just what a mother, my motherfucking master cicerone would say. Chocolate. He knows what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like food, like you know, like any type of like, like savory meal. foods. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's already he's already crushed my whole. I know he just did the same thing. I just I said I had a. Just was I, had, I, I think I'm I sitting here going. This is going to be a really insightful take. It's lemony. It's peppery. I, I will take lemon and pepper on just about. And I say <laughs> it. He goes. What about chocolate? I don't do assists. This is what we get riches in don't, person. Don't uh, give me assists. Did I give you assists? I'll, I'll swat the ball back in your face. <laughs> oh, you don't do assists. We're supposed to have assists. I was going to say. <laughs> I was like, assist? Well, it was assist. <laughs> An assist. Got it. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Sure. I, well, the thing is, I mean, the way Maddie's describing the history of it, these people aren't sitting down to a fine meal and enjoying a saison. They're just pounding it because it's the local, locally available ingredients. It's a local beer that you just drink to, you know, keep yourself hydrated and keep yourself refreshed. And typically they used to be like two, three, four percent alcohol at most. So you could be drinking a lot of this stuff throughout the day, but you wouldn't get tanked because it had a function of keeping you hydrated and keeping you refreshed and, you know, giving you a little bit of nutrition, some calories to keep you going so you could keep keep farming, keep harvesting, keep tilling the fields mm-hmm. or tending the fields, I should say. I mean, nowadays we have 
saisons that are typically you know five to six to eight percent alcohol. So it's a much headier amount of alcohol that's not really good for functioning after. It's good. It's good for enjoying with food. It's good for sitting down and relaxing. And so it satisfies the more modern concept of beer in that it's it's sort of a it's an optional luxury almost rather than like a daily mm. uh, thing that you have to drink to you know to keep yourself hydrated and keep yourself motivated throughout the day. I don't know quite where I'm going with this, except that Cezanne casts a very wide net. Yeah. And I'm assuming the Oxford Companion article that you're that you read from is from Yvonne Debates. Is he the author on that one? Did you? What was, the, what was the last name? The was. I Yvonne Debates. Oh yeah. What was the last name? Debates. Yeah. Debates. Actually, it's it's Dutch, so it's probably pronounced Debats, but it's B A E T S. Well, it's because there's a lot of people named Bates out there, and they're pretenders. They're not Debates. <laughs> you, you and this guy wants no. people to anyway, know he's Debates. You ain't never met a Bates as a pretender. That's <laughs> Yvonne, some bullshit. Yvonne's an incredible guy. He's really nice. What's uh, his name again? Yvonne Debates, and he is a scholar of saisons and farmhouse beers in Belgium. He operates and owns De La Seine Brewery in, Br- in Brussels. Awesome guy. Um, I've been you there. met him. Yes, yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah. That's, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at Maddie, everyone. Maddie was, was I smelled his trip. hops. Yeah, he sm- they, smelled his hops. Well, they brought out like a handful, and yeah. we're like, here you go. Yeah, <laughs> we just dumped it in our hands, and it was, it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, but delicious beer. Great he, beer. Yeah, a, you can find that beer around the States, too. Yeah, and he wrote the world's longest forward. It's like a 30-page forward of the book Farmhouse Beers or Farmhouse Brews by Jeff Sparrow. No, Phil Markowski. Um, anyway, check it out if you want to learn more about Cezanne's. But he writes in there that Cezanne is really a, more of a function than a description of a, a beer style or beer flavors. It just has to be refreshing. And again, the history of it is people weren't really enjoying it with food. It was just this like daily refresher that you just keep drinking during the day until finally you could, you know, take a break from work and finally sit down and eat some eat some food probably or eat some dinner. And you know, you probably had more beer with it, but. Um, I've been talking a lot. No, no, no. I'm yeah. realizing. So, well, no, that's, <laughs> that's great. I think this also kind of hits down, on something sorry. that we've never really talked about before. And I know you are well-versed in Belgian beer and Belgian beer history and all that I'm stuff. I'm not on debates. No one on debates, but there's only one debates. Um, yeah, his name is Larry debates. <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to ask you it, the general Belgian approach to beer. Um, cause we've talked about like Reinheitsgebot and German beers and very strict rule sets for how they approach beer and the Belgians approach those. They don't believe in rules. Yeah. Much differently. They believe in artistry and personality and not letting others tell and them I what appre- to do. I ap- I'm going to tell you, I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> not believing in rules, especially beer. Larry, uh, what's the best uh, way to make coleslaw? Yeah, well, it depends on the coleslaw. I mean, I like my, I like a lot of coleslaws. I don't like a dry coleslaw. My but you're saying there are multiple ways to make coleslaw. There's well, I'm just saying way. if I make, I mean, I can eat a creamy coleslaw. I can eat a vinegary coleslaw. I don't like a dry coleslaw. But if I'm making a coleslaw, I like a creamy, vinegary, not overly vinegary, but like a creamy, but with hints of vinegar. And I need some fresh dill. I need some fresh dill. I know everybody doesn't like dill Ew. at this place. I know Rich doesn't, but oh I God. like some fresh dill. And I can fuck up some close coleslaw, and it also needs to have a little bit of okay. heat. I need some cayenne pepper. Which does that? Does that? I forget why I asked him already. I've been <laughs> drinking enough, and I've it's escaped my mind. But we got a good we got a good rundown on. You Larry's, don't have to Larry's remember coleslaw. if you ask me about we know coleslaw, what Larry likes for coleslaw. Larry pickles. A minute ago, I wanted you to either say there was only one way to make coleslaw, or that there were many ways. And I there's can't many ways. There's totally many ways. Many ways, gentlemen. You're making me drink some beer, like but some ways aren't good. 
I'm just being honest. Uh, Maddie, <laughs> you asserted perhaps yes. that Cezanne uh, tastes like the seasonal ingredients. No, I don't think it's. No, I wasn't asserting it tastes like specific ingredients, though. It's it's when I talked about knowing what goes into it, I didn't mean literally what goes into it so much as like the history and the context and the story and, and the farmers or saisonniers making this refreshing drink when they could. Mm-hmm. And at the time, they'd use what was seasonal. But that translates now to using all kinds of ingredients, but it's still a saison, like as opposed to a beer that was just, you know, crafted mm-hmm. specifically for the flavor in a brewery sort of more technically. It kind of has the surrounding history to it of being at the farm. I think I I've, I fucked up saying seasonal because I feel like I'm always like asking about like expectations for beer and like, okay, going into a brewery, what do I expect? And then why do I like this and what do I not? So I might have worded it wrongly because as you were talking about it, I feel like you were kind of touching on what the point I was not very eloquently <laughs> making, which is more that like there, there are the aspects that you can't expect and the parts that you can't, that you don't. What was the eloquent part? I don't know. We have been drinking. <laughs> There are some breweries that I can think of where like, oh, they might have two saisons, mm-hmm. and one of those saisons is going to taste pretty hoppy. Pretty bitter? Yeah, bitter okay. and hoppy. Sorry, mm-hmm. yeah. Bitter and hoppy. And then the other one's going to be like sour and almost like fruity maybe, mm-hmm. um, and just very, very different. It's kind of in finding what is the, what is the mm-hmm. through line here. Basically, when I meant seasonality, it's almost just in the variety of different ingredients that can go into it okay, and the ways that it can be changed, but while we're still retaining... What, if you want to call it the soul of a saison, mm-hmm. I guess, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I was trying to get at. Not necessarily that, like, you know mm-hmm. what the specific flavors are going to be from each of them. It's a big um, tent. It's a yeah. big tent. I, I want to caution people against the idea that thinking that saisons are made with seasonal ingredients because <clears throat> the basis of every saison is malt and hops, which are harvested only once a year. So if you're brewing a saison in June and you're brewing a saison in in January, it's still made with the same hops. This is a commercial, modern commercial concept now. But I think the historical idea is that you brewed it in the wintertime when things were slow on the farm. And, you know, you were using the freshly harvested, you know, hops and, and malt, or sorry, and barley. But nowadays, we have much more flexibility. And so there's a more of an appreciation and, and an embrace by brewers of trying to come up with different varieties of saison. And there were a whole lot of different varieties of saison because you know back in the day 200 years ago because farmers were not always trying to brew the most technically sound beer they were just trying to brew beer that they could and they weren't all professional brewers and didn't necessarily know what they were doing and you know farmhouse implies kind of wild kind of stinky stuff mm-hmm. and so getting some sourness is legit in a saison but getting no sourness is also legit in a saison getting earthy Kind of barnyardy or goaty, goatee flavors is okay. You don't necessarily want a lot because it still needs to be refreshing and drinkable. You want to be able to chug this beer, but a little bit is okay. And, you know, there are a lot of different Belgian yeasts that produce things like, you know, stone fruit flavors and, you know, like plum or cherry or, uh, you know, apricot, things like that, or banana, some tropical fruit flavors, mango, stuff like that. That's typically not real common in a Saison. Uh, the yeast that is used typically produces lemony, and I also said peppery, so kind of spicy, but also citrusy aromas. So that's kind of what you're going to get out of Saison, and the rest of it is all sort of optional. It can be, uh, you know, toasty flavors, bready flavors. It can be 4% alcohol. It can be 10% alcohol. you got a big range nowadays. I guess also, like, seasonal to me, like when I used it incorrectly, <laughs> like it almost, it almost is a vibe. To me, as a as a person who grew up in Phoenix, San Diego, and lost now lives in Los Angeles, and has never actually lived in a place where seasons exist, I think of seasons. I think of like, <laughs> I think of like 
I think of almost like farmhouse season. Oscars like a, season. I think yeah. of, no, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. It's a, it's a feeling. Like, like, like season. I, no, yeah, I totally I th- get that. I, I think yeah. of like, I don't know. Yeah, fresh farminess, I guess. Does that? Well, no, because it, it makes me think of going to visit my family in Mississippi when it's on a farm. And, and I usually go at a particular time because it's just yeah. so like, like I'm ugh, it's just so like. It's, it's why I like some cheeses where it just feels very like I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, you're not. You're, That's what I think. Of you're seasonal. saying seasonal, but you don't necessarily mean winter, spring, fall, and summer no. as much as like oh, it's just like a. And what's fresh now? It's like the out. And I think of like going out and smelling the leaves and and just that sort of I don't know nostalgia for uh, living on the farm that I never actually did is what I think of <laughs> when I think of a saison. Faux nostalgia. Yeah. So the Belgian just is kind of a no rules attitude. Mm-hmm. Make. Make what's really good. Make what tastes great. So you can't make like the wrong kind of strong ale. You can't Belgium. make the wrong sort of strong ale. Yeah, like like I, I mean, like this idea. I've is never that, but, of is, this. but I'm but I'm kind of asking you: Is that the way it is there? Whereas like if you're compared to like making like a dunkel or something like that in Munich, mm-hmm. they'll be like, you didn't, you, you didn't hew to, to, to yeah, tradition. Yeah, to tradition. Like, is there any, is there any care for like, oh, it, does anyone ever label a bottle Belgian strong or triple or something? And then someone else says like. No, no, not a triple. No, that's yeah. not. No, no, that won't happen. There's no, there's no real pigeonholing there. You brew art pieces. You don't brew beers that fit into styles. Mm. It's cool. It's liberating. Mm. However, this is not a, you know, everyone is accepted sort of thing among brewers. There's a lot of cattiness. Okay. There's a lot of oh, like judging. It's like, all right, there aren't rules for what we're going to brew. I'm just going to brew this beer. I'm going to give it a name rather than a style name. And I'm going to try to sell this. And it makes me happy. I like this beer, so I'm going to sell it. <clears throat> and then if someone else down the road does the same sort of thing and the beer tastes totally different, then that drives the, the you know Americans crazy that are trying to come up with certain styles and say, oh, beers from this part of Belgium taste like this. I'm guilty of the same, by the way. Uh, but it's hard to do. But those two brewers might say, oh, you know, I like your beer. I like my beer. That's great. But there's also a 50% chance those two brewers might say, yeah, that guy's beer down the street is shit. That's mm. not a good yeah. – ex- he's not using his ingredients the right way. He's not embracing you know, what, whatever artistic bent that, you know, that brewer X has, whatever. Like, it's, it's just – it's hilarious. They, I'm not saying they're like – I shouldn't say catty. They're not really like angry No, I like catty. <laughs> but it's really but they're not afraid to say, oh, yeah, this is good beer or that's mm-hmm. bad beer. I, I think I know the answer, but are you, are you a fan of Belgian beers? <laughs> I certainly am a fan of Belgian beers. Yeah. But I'll admit, I don't love every single one of them. And yeah. I think that some are – And I'm not talking about like Americans making Belgian yeah, beers. Legit Belgian beers. Yeah, Belgian, legit. Beers from Belgium. Uh, Belgium. Uh, they are not all incredible. There are some from very large breweries that are very good and some from very large breweries that are bad. Small breweries also do some good things and some bad things. So that's not like – I think there's a big sort of dichotomy in America. If you're a craft beer fan, you don't typically like beers from big breweries. You're like, oh, mm. let's fight for the little guy. Well, guess what? There are a lot of beers from little guys even in America that are not really very good. Or may, maybe there's a good one, but then you know they yeah. can't rebrew a good version of it. And the same thing happens in, in Belgium. You know, there's some – there's a big variety of beer. And I know we're talking saisons, but because I just diverted you to to Belgian beers, is there a beer or a brewery that you're like, I, well, just in what you just said, like some big, some breweries can make good, some make bad. Is there a beer that you would say, like if I was in Belgium, you'd be like, get this beer. I love this fucking beer. <sighs> Yes, and that's <laughs> there not to are a say, lot of those. I know you probably want me to name some. No, just, I, I, I would love for you to name at least one. Mm-hmm. I, that's not to say that there's not 
many that you love, but just one, and it could be the middle of the pack, but one you're like, Larry, I know you get this get this beer. Oh, Larry, I do know you, and you like a lot of different stuff, so you're okay. easy. Yeah, I would. Say, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I'm easy. Yeah. I love it. First beer. This is gonna be silly. It's honestly, folks, it's the first beer that is coming to my mind. It's not the only good Belgian beer, yeah. but it's called Bruxezot. Okay, and it's B R U G S E, new word Z O T. It's from Bruges. It's from the same brewery that makes um, Strafa Hendrik. So that's a more famous brand from them. Um, I'm fine with Strafa Hendrik Triple. I don't honestly love the the quad, but Bruxazot is their their Belgian blonde. It's seven percent alcohol. It's got a little bit of sugar in it, which is not to make it sweet. It's to make it seem like a five percent alcohol beer in the in the amount of body it has. But in fact, it's seven percent alcohol, so it's got more flavor and more kind of you know <laughs> gets you a little, little tips here. Yeah, it's incredible, and it's honestly just the beer I'm in the mood for right now. I thought of it the other day. I was like, oh, I haven't had that in a while. It's a cool choice, you know. So, you know what, Larry? Interesting thing about that brewery. Tell me what's up. I've been there. Nice. You've been to De Havilland. Been to De Havilland. Yeah. Did you enjoy? Did, it? The old, did the tour? Did, did you enjoy great. the beer? It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I felt very special. Yeah. Went on the roof, looked out over Bruges. It was beautiful. Nice. I have not yeah. done the tour. Maybe I'll have to do it. It's fun, but you you probably I don't know how much you'd get out. You you probably know all the info. It's not about the info. It's just you know getting it's a fun. feel for the place. You went to like a weird attic at one point that just seems full of old stuff that isn't related to beer. I went to an attic of old stuff. No, in the on the tour. There's oh, like a, there's like a there was one part I just remember where we like went to like it was like kind of a big empty attic mm. looking room and there was just like dolls I think over the side. Oh yeah, like, man, that's Belgium. Uh, they're they're yeah, in weird shit. Just kind of had a bunch of stuff in there. They're, that was like I don't I don't honestly remember the connection to mm. beer. And then you go on the roof and it's it's, it's a great. They thing. do whimsical so well. Yeah, and it's always borderline creepy. Yeah, well. It's on on the whimsy thing i also remember like when we first met you in brussels we had gotten lunch at that we had eaten now had you met rich before we met at your wedding yeah that's okay that makes sense yeah (laughs) very brief i didn't hadn't gotten to know rich very well but we i do remember we walked out and we walked turned down the street and i remember rich you said something to effect of like see look at the like those pipes are very like whimsical they're very whimsical people and they were like yeah there were a bunch of like gutters that Mm. were kind of like not efficient. weaving yeah, yeah not not yeah not to drain but just kind of mm-hmm. weaving in and out and kind of like a weird like little art pipe piece mm-hmm. and i remember like that stuck with me and they're like yeah the belgians are a whimsical people they're, they're weirdos they're fun yeah, they do a lot of com- <laughs> comics and stuff like that oh yeah a lot of fun nice um so getting back to saison um honestly you've covered pretty well i i always ask this question ale or lager is it an ale or a lager rich it is an ale does it have to be an ale though can you we're talking. We're talking saisons. Yes, we're talking saisons. I would say ale. It has to be an ale. Yeah, I would yeah. say ale. So why does it have to be an ale? Because it is. It has a lot of fruity and spice flavor that's produced by the yeast. Lager yeast will not do that. Mm. Mm. Good answer. Let's mm. see if I have anything. Else yeah, I said. I, I said. You, 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 listen. Hold on a second. Time out. You could have asked me that question. I could have gave Larry next I question. I could have given. No, no, no. I didn't, I didn't say this next question. I said that question. I could have answered that, that it has to be a Three ale. wavy lines. All right. All right, here. Larry, Larry I, will give you, I will give you a trivia question. That, that those I do it. think this has, this has, I feel like this has an answer, and then Rich is going to be like, actually, like well, technically. Okay, okay, okay. I'll do so my best. I'll, but I'll, I've been I'll, drinking. I'm going to lean into the, um, into the Oxford Companion to beer for this. Oh, so boy, they're to blame, go. and debates will be at fault if, um, <laughs> if this is incorrect. Is this Peter Jackson? What's the guy's name? Peter, Randy Jackson? Michael Jackson? Jackson? Michael Mike. Jackson. That's no, it. this is debates. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Peter Jackson, um, Lord of Rings. So, so according to them, there's it's a farmhouse ale. Okay, and there are two major subcategories of a of, farmhouse of farmhouse ales. Okay, the saison is the Belgian, 
the Belgian one, and then there is a French cousin to the Saison. What is the French cousin to the Saison that is categorized as a farmhouse ale? Un- Man, you know what? <laughs> you know we live. We're on a podcast. I said you could ask me what's a Saison, a lager, or ale, and you're going to ask me what's the French companion? To French connection, <laughs> mother, mother, I don't <laughs> know French trivia. Now we've discussed it. Now give they're me, gonna give remember. Give me, it. give me, give me multiple choice. I get it right. Well, I'll tell you, it's French. Okay, and I, I think it might. I don't know French, but it might mean the name might mean <laughs> beer of garden. How <laughs> <laughs> about you ask the master Cicerone? It does not to mean left. beer of garden, ladies and gentlemen. Is it guarded beer? Defended beer? <laughs> was it? Was it? What um, is it? What's it called? Because I don't know. It means beer for keeping, beer, beer for aging. Oh, no, we'll okay. say it in French. Beer de garde. Beer de garde. Or as <laughs> in a non bad French accent. Beer de garde. Beer de garde. Beer for keeping. Yeah. G A R D E. Yeah. But they're not very similar. No. They're, they're really not very similar thing. at all. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, because beer de garde is not very commonly sold outside of France, uh, it's kind of hard to find, um, certainly in America. And so, a lot of people studying beer and being curious about beer and farmhouse beers assume that it has anything to do with Saison from a flavor standpoint, but it really doesn't. Don't be fooled. They are, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Drinking a little bit of beer here. Um, but yeah, uh, basically, uh, beers de garde are also dry. But if you taste them, you probably don't think they're dry. They're drier than you'd expect. They, are, uh, they smell sweet because they smell malty. Uh, sort of honey-ish, caramelly, um, maybe like candied nuts, things like that. But um, they're low in bitterness. Whereas most uh, saisons typically have a little bit more bitterness to them, and then again the saisons have those lemony and peppery aromas plus other, you know, earthy, fruity, spicy aromas from the yeast. Whereas beers de garde do not have those. Um, they're typically just kind of malt forward beers. Um, Maddie, are they ales or lagers? A beer de garde. Mm-hmm. Pop quiz. They're malt forward. Mm-hmm. They're lagers. Larry's shaking his head. No. Larry can't believe this. Come on, Maddie man. just doesn't get it, does he? Maddie, they're ales. Are you sure, Larry? What? Wait, tell me. Tell me what you just. I didn't. Even, I wasn't even listening because I was looking up something. But I can. I can say if they're cousins to saisons, they're probably they're far, ales. Because they're, they're well, it the, just depends on whether or not the the flavors are from the yeast or they're some sort of. Well, we came into. Well, we like came that. into it saying they're a subcategory of farmhouse ale. Yeah. Then so that I would say they're ale. There's but, subcategory of farmhouse. But now it feels like you're being. You see, that's now you're. They feels, can now be you're, now either you're being ales okay, so, or so, lagers. So, so they can be. Either. So say okay. what you just said. Well, the malt forward part made me think. Oh, maybe lager. Hmm. I didn't. Forward, but hop forward doesn't necessarily. Forward. He said malt, malt forward, forward, but I did not say fruity or spicy. Sure, so but, those but are but flavors malt, from the yeast. But does malt forward necessarily? Malt forward doesn't necessarily mean it's. Doesn't necessarily mean it, but I'm saying it makes me in the context of this question being asked makes me eh, think. It's I don't know. Be I don't lagery. know. I disagree. Malt forward and hop forward. It doesn't matter. Those are ingredients. I. That's my thing. I agree. They're not fermentation. So exactly. we're not. Hey. They're not you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So right. I, take the shot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Rich, I'm actually curious about your, your thoughts on this. Um, Larry, I'm going to frame this in the, in the form of a question, a trivia question for you that I think you can get. Okay. Larry's rolling his eyes. He's not happy. Now, this is according to the, the uh, again, the Oxford companion to oh, beer. This is really good beer. I need, I need some more of that. Now, because the craft brewers of this country because many of them embody the creative no-rules approach that has long defied Saison, perhaps the country that may ultimately expand or redefine the Saison style is 
what? I, I need you to repeat that again. Rich was pouring my beer, and I was, uh, and because, was playing spectator sport. Because many, because many of its brewers embody the creative no-rules approach that has long defined Saison, perhaps the country that may ultimately expand or redefine the Saison style is... I would say Bel- Belgium. I mean... No. no. Other than Belgium. Oh, other the one than that Belgium. would redefine it. Oh. Belgium defined it. Maybe America? Here, where we are? I don't know. That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. There are well, because more the numerous, don't care. more it's varied about versions crafts, of Saison made in the United States. And I can understand that the U.S. would do the same thing. I know I would. Yeah, it just pitches this, that, this idea, and this is, I'm like, Rich, does this upset you? Over time, perception of Saison as a Belgian style may well shift to it being primarily associated with American craft brewers, just as the British-derived India pale ale style has essentially become American. What do you think? I'm, I mean, I'm we, thinking, we tasted a we did taste a very good American saison ale a while back. The tank seven, yes, tank seven, yeah, delicious. I, that tank that is a that is a motherfucking beer. It is a delicious, delicious beer. You're right. Uh, I think that it would be really nice if traditional. All right, so there's this there's a dichotomy that a lot of people see. I said that earlier in this episode, but not only between large and small brewers, but between craft brewers and brewers that have been around for a little while. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a lot of people think craft brewery means new brewery. But in fact, in in Europe, where a lot of beer has been brewed for a very long time, a lot of breweries are still around. They're still small, and they're still brewing beer the way craft brewers or fans of craft beer tend to think beer should be brewed. So brewed with traditional ingredients, not doing a lot of shortcuts, doing a lot of stuff that's Old school that might produce more flavors, but is kind of kind of an inefficient way of brewing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all about the bottom line, and that's not to say that you know keeping an eye on the bottom line is bad for beer. But uh, I do want to draw a distinction between like, oh well, it's it's American, it's a craft brewery, or it's a brewery in Vietnam or in Italy that you know has been around since 2007, and they're just knocking it out of the park. They're do- doing really fun, crazy beers, really interesting beers. There's a lot of really interesting beer that's been that's being brewed by breweries that are 200 400 years old you know places like germany and belgium more the 400 year old in uh germany more the 200 year old in belgium there aren't a lot of super old breweries in belgium right now but those are great breweries i'd love to see more of those sort of unsung old school breweries continue to do what they do and get good press for it and get their beers you know exported to other countries and do well i want those breweries to do well but i also want to see young upstart craft breweries do cool stuff too so I don't really want to weigh in on the idea of like, you know, is it up to America to save Cezanne? Is it up to America to save, you know, Munich Dunkel? Like, who knows? Who cares? Let's have more of this beer brewed everywhere. That said, I like seeing both sides of the coin. I also like having to travel to go get really good fresh versions of some styles of beer. So, you know, if, if I want to get a really, really good Munich Dunkel, I, I do like going down the street, you know, in my home in Montana, but I'm also very happy to have to go to Munich to get a real good Munich Dunkel. Mm. So I guess kind but, of wishy washy. Yeah. Sorry. Then do you see? Do you, but do you see a chance that this? Because I do, and maybe you also disagree with it's like the the base premise of like an uh, the an IPA is like a very American beer now. It feels like like in terms mm-hmm. of general perception, like America's really taken hold of it, mm-hmm. and they definitely haven't like taken hold of the saison yet. I don't think. Yeah. Do you think that they well, will, like, even from kind of that perceptive, like, standpoint, do you see, like, America being, like, the Saison, mm-hmm. like, 20 years? I guess I'll Well, so IPA predict. was never defined by India. 
you know, it's India's in the name, but IPA, I mean like UK, like yeah, IPA is very much UK and it was brewed with UK ingredients. And part of what makes American style IPA such a big deal is that it's brewed with American ingredients. Mm-hmm. Nowadays though, it's brewed more and more, and I shouldn't say more and more, but it, a lot of, it comes down to the style. IPA is unique. It's driven by ingredients, which come from a specific place. And so American IPA was built on American hops, which are very different from English hops. However, New Zealand, um, after IPA started really blowing up as a craft beer uh, in the 1990s, New Zealand hops started to come on the scene. And so now New Zealand hops really define a lot of a lot of good American IPAs as well as good New Zealand IPAs and all that. So craft IPA is really about American and New Zealand hops, except Australia has really good hops now too. South Africa, um, where out, you know, Germany now has crap or not craft hops, but like new hop varieties in Ooh. addition to their 400 year old varieties. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. They're often hybridized. So it's a hybrid of like, you know, Hollertau Mittelfru hops mixed with Cascade hops creates Mandarina Bavaria. You know, so the Mandarina Bavaria is a German hop that is that smells super orangey. You know, there's Hummelon, which is a German hop that smells sort of. Well, this has to be exciting for you. I'm like, I mean, I, I'm it just, is exciting. It's it's the forefront, though. It's the future. Yeah. You know, it's not just the past. And so, if you want Belgium to taste like old beer, and you want Germany to taste like old beer, and you want America to taste like new beer, that's available for you. But all this stuff is constantly changing. And when I think of American beer, I don't only think of all the new. Newfangled, you know, smoothie sours and uh, murky IPAs. I also think of Anchor Steam that's been around for, Ugh. well, Anchor Steam as a brand has only been around for, the new version's only been around for like 60 years. But, you know, that style of beer has been brewed for 170 years. It's kind of an oldish style nowadays. Mm. Um, you know, in Germany, it's fun to go taste, you know, newfangled stuff. You know, like there's, I've got friends that run a brewery in northern Italy that collab with a brewery in Munich that brew like a maple syrup uh, Bach. You know, and the maple syrup's coming good. from, you know, it's not good. from the U.S. It's at least coming from, like, Scandinavia or something can, like that. Can so, like, can there's no regionalism there. It's just exciting. It's art. Can I put you on a spot and ask a question? And you, you, you probably don't have an answer. But just sure. in what you're talking about, is there, like, some kind of, like, I'm just wondering if there is a, if there's a beer that you're in your head, you're like, that you have not had a chance to brew but from all the stuff you've tasted, from different places that you've tasted, that you're like, ooh, like right now, you're like, oh, that would be like, like in your brain, in your mind. I don't know where else it could be, but in your mind, you're like, that would be a dope fucking thing to brew. That happens all the time. I'm just saying, no, no, no I'm, I'm not serious. asking. I, I know, I know that happens all the time. I'm just, mm. I want to know, is there something in your brain right now? You're like, ooh, I could do this. I wonder how that would taste if I did this. I mean, are, is, I mean, if it's like proprietary in your mind that you no, don't want to share, great. But I'm saying, is there something that you're like, oh, I, I wonder what that would be like. Knowing how, uh, knowing how the industry is changing, like you were saying, and how like there's new varietals, is there something where you're like, "Ooh, I want to know what that would be like," and I just want to know sure. what would that beer, what would that beer be? So, what's coming to mind right now? I'm just making this up, but I've had a couple of beers, so I'm feeling creative. Is um, making the same beer and passing it through different filter media to see what it would taste like, see if there are varieties there. So. If you have a filtered beer nowadays, it's run through, you know, like a silicate, compressed silicate uh, plate that has no, it's inert. It doesn't produce, it doesn't leave any flavor behind. However, old school ways of filtration, like when I think of um, like Norwegian farmhouse ales, they're filtered, at least the mash is filtered, it's loutered through uh, juniper boughs. So you get a little bit of a piney aroma um, from those, from those juniper branches. 
So depending on how you're filtering out your solids out of your beer, you might get different flavors in the beer. So why not test it, you know, do five different types of filtration from, you know, whether it's, you know, pine boughs or maple boughs or uh, charred, charred or smoked uh, wood boughs or like burlap or I don't know, like, let's just figure out what this stuff tastes like, you know, and maybe it, it's an improvement. Maybe it's gross, but who knows? I don't know. That's kind of where I'm thinking right now. I love it. I love it. I'm looking at a canoe paddle. Is that a canoe paddle behind you? Yeah, it is a, it's just random. We were at a store. We saw it. And we're like, let's buy it. Let's put Need it on the that wall. Paddle. Well, that's one part of your new beer filter. Let's uh, crisscross a whole bunch of canoe oh. paddles and see what happens. I dig, I dig that answer, Rich. It's a cool angle. I yeah. dig that. I, just, I, I was just interested as you were talking mm-hmm. about it, was, yeah. how your mind goes. Because I remember when I was home brewing and I, I did a pale ale that was decent and I wanted to do, what was it? Mm, I won't say it was, it could have been a stout, but it was something where it was like, going to be like a lot of blackberry and a lot of like dark fruit notes on top of it. And I wanted to throw some dark fruit in it mm-hmm. to add to it and to see cool. what it would do. I never did it because I moved and mm-hmm. I moved in with my lady and I wasn't going to be brewing beer in, in the kitchen anymore. Well, we've got a, we've got a special porter That's that we've time, been talking about doing. Time for us to brew it. All right, so let's wrap it up on Saisons. Big examples. Saison DuPont is obviously a very famous example of a Saison that we've tasted on the podcast. We also tasted for an American Saison. We did taste Boulevard Brewing's Tank 7. Um, Another big one that I've had and enjoyed is Amagang's Hennepin. Mm -hmm. Another Saison. Um, Rich, are there any other Saisons out there? I mean, there's a lot. There are a lot, yeah. They're actually fewer now than there were maybe 10 years ago or 8 years ago, which is too bad. Um, They've fallen out of favor a little bit, but... um, my favorite from Belgium is um, it's from Brasserie Blaugy or Brasserie de Blaugy, which is right on the French border, south of Mont, and it's a just amazing, cool farmhouse brewery. Fun to visit. They actually have a cafe, so you can go visit there if you are in Belgium. So they have a collab with Hillstead Farm that brews delicious saisons. Uh, it's called La Vermontoise. So if you see La Vermontoise or Saison de Blaugy, check it out. Or both of those beers are incredible. I definitely like those. Russian River has a new season, well, mm. newish season called uh, Robert or Robert, oh, yeah. named after a gentleman. The uh, they have another one called Jeanette, I think, or something that's named after a woman. They're they're the couple that hosted uh, Vinny and Natalie when, when they visited, uh, I think, Antwerp. It's just Russian River nice. don't miss much. No, they're amazing. They they don't fuck around. Really good beer. That's just good. Um, those are just some of the ones that are coming to mind right now. But um, there are a lot of others out there that I am blanking on right now. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, this has been Liquid Bread. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, head out onto iTunes or whatever your podcast platform of choice. Give us five stars. Rate us. Lamero. 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 I love that one. Lamero. Yeah, from Cezanne. Or sorry, from season from uh, North Coast. North Coast. I interrupted you. No, that's fine. No, it's good. That's that's more useful than telling people to review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you do, it really helps us out. Um, on Twitter, find us Liquid Bread Pod. Email us if you have any questions, any questions of pairings. If you have any things we want to discuss, I know a few of you people have emailed us with uh, subjects and stuff they want us to talk about, and we'll definitely get to those. And we are in person. Liquidpodcast right at gmail dot com. We I, are in I know, person. I know he's trying right to end now. it, but we're in person. We're in person right now. <laughs> so very enthusiastically. Until next time, I'm gonna say this from the bottom of your heart. No, as proud as I've ever. S- no, I can't. I can't do it. Maybe I should say it this time because I'm. I'm oh, that's actually good. Yeah, we have we have Rich coming right across the table from. Yeah. One, two, three.
Happy beer. Happy beer. Did you say you were going to? Yeah. I, mean, I thought you were going to say that you put it on us. Yeah, cool, you think, hey, you think that's just like you're doing a podcast. Happy beer. <laughs> Happy beer. <laughs>